there's two things I could do. I could go in the Petroleum Reserve and take out and probably reduce, re re reduce the price of gas maybe 18 cents or so a gallon. It's still going to be above three bucks. The longshoremen don't always get along with the business folks in there. I got I have a relationship with them and I brought them together and I said, you got to be open 24 seven. No port there was open, open five days a week, 40 hours a week, 24 seven. They've all agreed to it. They've agreed to it. Well, there's Joe Biden trying to blame inflation on the longshoremen, the dock workers over at uh, in uh, in L.A. And uh, uh, what uh, uh, Anderson, uh, 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 what am I doing here? Uh, what am I doing? Oh, yeah. Long Beach. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, we don't have that clip, but you've, I'm sure you've seen it. You guys, it, it's um, Joe. Joe made an embarrassingly transparent display of his cognitive decline the other night. It was really very, very troubling. I I struggle with why his handlers let him do those kind of events. I, you know, they kept him in his basement during the campaign wisely and limited his appearance. Everything's been scripted. Everything's teleprompted for the most part. I don't know if they're, it's just very, why would you do that? Max, do you have any idea why would you do that? I think it's because they're, they are certainly keeping his vice president hidden. I mean, I, I feel like she's been missing in action for the past six months. And so I yeah. feel like sometimes they just have to put him on display. But I have to agree that town hall with Anderson Cooper was was yeah. horrific. It was just not good in any way, shape or form. Yeah, and there were only about what ten percent of the call of the of the questions were from you know conservatives slash Republicans, however they identified themselves. The audience clearly was left when we played it earlier. Why don't you play that clip again? I, uh, where he's talking about the mandate on uh, cops and first responders, and listen to after he says they should leave their jobs. This is very telling about that audience and why they must have him in a very favorable environment if they're going to do this kind of a thing. I'm wondering where you stand on that. Should police officers, emergency responders, be mandated to get vaccines? And if not, should they be stay at home or let go? Yes and yes. Uh, and by the way, Yeah, and you hear the applause there. I mean, people are wildly applauding that first responders should be fired because they want to express their freedom and not get a jab. Uh, it's just unbelievable. Of course, you'd expect that from lefties because these are the same people that in Baltimore, in Portland, in Minneapolis, in uh, name almost any other metropolitan town bigger than, you know, the size of Keokuk. Uh, you know, they want to defund the police, Right. Atumwa, since we were Atumwa, since we were talking about Father Mulcahy, that makes me think of Raider O'Reilly, which makes me think of Atumwa. The ADD is active and well. Thank you very much, Max, this morning. <laughs> I didn't take the concerta this morning. I have not uh, yet taken that. Um, so, well, Joy Reid doubled down on hatred of the unions. Listen to this one. So for putting Americans in danger, officers and unions who are fighting against vaccine mandates, which essentially means fighting to make the public sick, are tonight's absolute worst. So she must have a feature every night when she does the absolute worst. Oh, she and does. In this case, it's police officers and first responders. Bring it on, Joy. Keep it coming, Joe. I am so happy. I told I told Chris the other night, bring it on, baby. I want 
Joe, keep denigrating first responders. Keep telling the people that were the heroes at the bedside in the emergency room, the respiratory therapist, all the hospital workers last year, they were the heroes, and now they're the goats if they won't get Biden's jab. <laughs> keep it coming, man. Keep it coming right through the November election in 2022. We want to see that. And along with it, make sure you throw in a dollop of high inflation. Oh, we already have that? Yes, we do. And I hate to, I hate to see any of you suffer. I hate for my kids to suffer when they pull up to the pump and put gas in their car. It's reported that in many places, God, I hope it doesn't happen here in St. Louis or anyone in, within my voice shot here, but I'm reading about 50% increase in heating costs this year. When Donald Trump left office, the day that he left office, we were the energy kings of the of the of the planet. We had plenty of cheap, affordable energy. The economy was, well, if it were not for COVID, would have been booming. It was booming because energy was was affordable. And yes, uh, uh, Musk was turning out Teslas. People were buying Teslas. I have switched as I need to. I have switched from buying incandescent bulbs to LED bulbs, not so much because of the energy savings, that's nice, but because they last long, they give reliable light, I, you know, I like it, it's great. So. Look, I'm I'm okay about a gradual, methodologically sound transition to a green economy. That's fine. Are you going to pull the pin on an economic grenade and throw it into the middle of middle America and destroy the economy because of your ideological worship at the altar of carbon savings? I don't know, man. What do you think? Come on, man. What are you thinking, Joe? I just, but that's okay, Joe. Bring it on. Bring it on. Keep mandating suffering for the American people, however you define it, whether it's an authoritarian, authoritarian, you know, boots on the neck vaccine mandate, <clears throat> whether it is a carbon tax, a gasoline tax, a, a tax on everyone. And if you don't think that inflation is a tax on you, ladies and gentlemen, think again. Six percent inflation. Holy cow. You know, the Social Security index, the cost of living raise that Social Security recipients get every year is a very good measure of what's going on in your economy and how you're being taxed by rising prices because of workforce shortage on the one hand, uh, not unloading the shipping crates coming in from all over the world as part of it, uh, and workers at various places. When you have to pay more for labor, that minimum wage has been achieved, by the way, by giving people oodles of money, $14,000 for a family of four on average, uh, through all of the uh, CARES Act 1 and 2 and the American Recovery Act and back in March, $14,000 is what most Americans received just because they were Americans and we were having a COVID, if you had children and if you didn't make so much, okay, uh, under a certain limit. So between that thing and the, the extended unemployment that in many cases was more than people should make. I Look, I don't blame people if they want to sit home and, and make, you know, it's fine. I just think it's it's not more, it doesn't feel morally and economically sound. There's just something fundamentally wrong with that. Uh, why are people who could work remotely making 100K getting money from the government when they never quit their job? They, they didn't, they weren't out of work. That happened. I I, I don't get it. And if you're conservative and you accepted the money and you didn't call it wrong, shame on you. You're not being intellectually honest. I don't blame you for accepting it, but you should have said, look, I'm taking this because I've paid into the system, but gosh, I wish this program wasn't there. I, I could live with that. I could live with that. 
But silence, the tacit silence, means tacit approval of a government handout, which wasn't needed for many people. I don't think it was needed for anyone. There was always work to be done. There's always work to be done. I've got some popping drywall tape in my house. I, I can't get anyone to do the work. Driving me crazy, Max. Do you know how to do drywall? I'm, I'm, I don't want to take on that job. I'm I sure I can learn, doctor. I just, I'll have to get on YouTube. But I don't want to do YouTube. I like YouTube, but I don't want to do YouTube because they censor things. I'm so conflicted. I mean, it, it causes me a lot of stress. It makes my blood pressure go up. Why should I? Now I'm thinking about moving from the satellite TV to the, to the YouTube TV because people said it's good. But I don't want to patronize YouTube mm -hmm. because I don't like their practices where they, they, like Steven Crowder, suddenly he can't do his thing on YouTube. What's that all about? I don't know. It bothers me. Um, let's let's go to. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit more about inflation. Uh, a piece written by uh, Holman Jenkins in the, in the Wall Street Journal is uh, is very very insightful. And it, for those of you who were conscious and uh, cognitive, so I don't know, Max, you're so young, you probably were conscious but not cognitive back in the seventies. You don't this you don't know true. much about Jimmy Carter, right? This yeah. is true. He was president when I was born, so that's true. Oh my God! This is uh, you're such a babe. I know, a babe in the woods. I know. Yeah. Well, I remember it. I remember. Did you have an even or odd last digit on your on your license plate? And on the evens, you went Monday, Wednesday, Friday to get gas. And the odd, you know, it was one of those things. Gasoline was rationed. There was an embargo on the on the oil over from OPEC owned us. And yes, while many presidents didn't want to admit it, we did. Go to war over oil. We oil without oil, we are a third world country, not just for energy, but for production of plastics and so many things that are important to our life. And and thanks to to policies not just from Trump, but culminating in Trump, we were energy independent. We were the global supply was such, and because oil prices are dependent on the global supply, but our contribution made it so rich and so abundant that it wasn't a problem and it was cheap and abundant and 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 everyday Americans were able to pursue their wishes and maybe jump off from their employment and start their own business because their basic cost of living, energy, heating their home, driving their car was low. Joe Biden gets elected and all of a sudden it's it's crazy. It cost me a hundred bucks to put diesel into my truck the other day. I have to have a truck. When I need to repair the fence and the bunkers around the Liberty Lair. I mean, you know, that's some, it takes some pretty heavy lifting to do that. You can't put that in the back of a, of an SUV. But I, I'm, to the point, I'm driving my wife's SUV now whenever I have, whenever it's just a little commuter trip here or there. I mean, used to take my truck, but like, oh, I'm not going to do that. You probably you too. Have you modified your driving habits? I'll bet you have. And now, and so then they're going to, in this, uh, if this budget uh, uh, reconciliation act passes, they're going to subsidize electric cars even more. I put out a poll on my Twitter the other day. Some of you answered it. It was like, would Elon Musk be able to build, is he the one that builds the penis-shaped rocket ships, or is that Bezos? Uh, that would be Bezos. Bezos, yeah. That was Bezos, yeah. yeah. I don't know why you do a penis-shaped rocket ship. I'm, I don't know, I, I, but whatever. That's Bezos. Um <laughs> Yeah, Musk is the one with the uh, with the Teslas, you know, the cars in space, right. the space yeah, junk, Tesla. all that stuff. Yeah, but he also builds spaceships. Too. Oh, he does. Yeah, Dragon, Dragon X. Yeah, 
But I think Bezos is, I mean, he got William Shatner to go where no man has gone before, whatever. It's good for Bill. I'm hoping Elon um, Musk takes uh, Mark Hamill up in space just to get back at Bezos yeah. and Shatner. <laughs> he should. Elon Musk should take. Yeah, right. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, our job of the hut, but then we could only have one. <laughs> but then we could only have one passenger. Jabba would have to be the commander because it, there's a weight limit on those things. Um, but uh, so there are going to be more subsidies in this reconciliation act for c- cars. The last thing Elon Musk needs is a subsidy. And I asked the simple question on the poll: Yes or no? Would Elon Musk be as on? What is he the third or fourth richest guy in, in the in the world? I don't. I don't. I don't bemoan that fact. I don't begrudge him. But was it done on the back of government subsidies? And now we're going to do more. And did you know that in the present bill, at least the last iteration I've read reported, I haven't read the bill, but reported, if you buy a car that is made in a union shop, because I think his is non-union, there's an extra $4,500 tax credit. Hello? And, and Holman Jenkins in this piece in the Wall Street Journal says inflation is the mother of big political change. When Americans see government manipulating like a puppeteer the strings of an economy, we're going to pick this winner, we're going to punish that loser. Many of times it's all about politics and political contributions. Ultimately, it gets screwed up. And we are screwed up because of government policies. Thank you, Joe. And here we have a supply chain problem that's running into the inflation problem. And we got Pete Buttigieg on on paternity leave for, what, two months? AWOL, gone. I mean, nothing. And, and, and we've got a supply chain problem. And the guy, the Department Secretary of Labor, Pete Buttigieg, who couldn't run a city in South Bend, Indiana, if his life's dependent on it, they were in deep economic trouble. Uh, is he was he at home chest feeding? I don't, what was he doing? I'm sorry. I'm. You have a job to do, a prominent job in the cabinet. This is a problem culturally. Now I've had a lot of people say, "Oh, but I wish I could." You know, men say, "Well, but I think it's good that a guy stay home for twelve weeks." Or, oh, that's good. Oh, come on. How many of you were raised by dads that may have been there for the birth, barely got done with the cigar after the birth, and went back to work? I was. I was the father of children like that. I worked. That's what men do. Tim tool time. I'm sorry. I just, this country, no one wants to work. Everyone wants to get government handouts. We're now at the point where well over 50% of Americans get either direct or indirect government welfare. From Medicare to Social Security to USDA to everything. And we are in a world of hurt because the government debt is now 125% of GDP. In Carter's time, it was less than GDP. And there will be a day of reckoning. The chickens will come home to roost. I'm Randy Tobler. I think we need to take a break, don't we, Mr. Max? That would be fantastic. Let's let's take a let's take a break. And then when we come back, ask for some calls. 314-912-1019. 912-1019. What say you about inflation? What are you doing to cope with inflation? What are you doing to manage inflation? Have has your wage increase and wages have increased? Has it kept up with the price of things on the shelf at the grocery store, the hardware store, at the pump, uh, you know, uh, 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 your washing machine, you know, small appliances? Is it really keeping up with it? The numbers say it isn't. 
Jim Cramer the other day on CNB said it certainly isn't. Now, he's pretty smart cookie. He's been pretty prescient on a lot of things. 314-912-1019. We'll be right back here on the Tobler Show. News Talk STL. Welcome home. When it comes to voting rights, just so I'm clear, though, you would entertain the notion of doing away with the filibuster on that one issue. Is that correct? And maybe more. And maybe other issues. Well, there's Joe Biden. There's Joe Biden at the disastrous town hall the other night. But aside from the distraction of his behavior, his lapses in communication, memory, et cetera, there were nuggets of where Joe Biden stands. And that was a discussion about filibuster. And he he said earlier, in fairness, that he would like to go back to the old style where you spoke one after another on the filibuster as long as you could hold your bladder. And then you, he didn't say that, but you know, you spoke until you were done. And then when they ran out of filibusterers, there had to be a vote. And he said, I'm going to lobby for that. You know, I, good. Good for you, Joe. That's fine. Well, then when Anderson Cooper pressed him on voting rights thing, you know, these hot button, very important, pivotal, high priority issues for the left, he was like, yeah, I'm okay with it. Let's, we got to change this puppy. I mean, he's basically for doing away with the filibuster. And that is, you talk about a nuclear option. That is the nuclear option. Now, that will boomerang back. That will come back to hurt the, the Democrats and the left, just as the uh, breaking of the filibuster for uh, federal court nominees did. I mean, McConnell said, you want to play that game? He warned them back when they when uh, who was it? Harry Reid did that, right? Mm-hmm. Harry Reid busted the filibuster for that. And he was warned by media, by right wing people, by conservatives. I was all over it on that. All of us were. And, and, and uh, you know, McConnell was like, hey, watch it. It's going to come back because when it's our turn, we will play rule. We will play by your rules, but we'll play better. And look what happened. You know, three three Supreme Court justices later, <laughs> that's what happened. Right. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't want to see the filibuster go away, but it's it's again, it's a it's a it's a signal of what the left will do. They will be tyrannical. They will abuse power. They will disregard any sensibility of anyone who disagrees with them in any way, shape, or form. If you don't march lockstep to the left mantra of everything good happens from government (laughs) and everything that happens from government must happen from central government in the swamp in D.C. because we know what's best for you, one size fits all, you are... Incommunicado, you are persona non grata, you are worthless, you are marginalized. And there are increasing number of polls that show that an increasing number of independents have already had buyer's remorse and have had it with the left and Joe Biden and his absent Kamala Harris and Pete Buttigieg and everyone else. And I'm sorry, look, I I, I feel passionately about this push for Family, leave, 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 12 weeks off. What in the world are we doing in this country? Do we have a population or do we have too much population for the required jobs? Are we getting so many, are we going into debt to provide so many handouts that people don't have to work? Is it some combination of the above? I can tell you as an employer and those of you who are employees, because I'm an employee too, not only am I the boss of my place, but I deliver babies and operate and work at my place. (laughs) And, and I can tell you when someone goes out on leave six, eight, 12 weeks, whatever it is, 
coworkers suffer. The business suffers because you have to often pay overtime, which means now you can't give raises to people you'd like to. It, 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 it has a cascading effect. <clears throat> Would we all love to never have to work and nurture our children and, you know, kumbaya and let's play Monopoly at six and then let's have a little reading at eight? Look, I love that. Someone's got to manufacture the goods. <clears throat> Someone's got to be on the radio at six to nine every Saturday on the Tobler Show on News Talk STO. We love doing that because it's fulfilling to work. And what does it tell us about the regulations at the workplace and the egregious circumstances under which we've created this, this lawyer-driven, we can prevent, and I love my lawyers, don't get me wrong, but often lawyers get in the way of progress by, by, by creating, and they're all the ones at the legislature. I love lawyers, don't get me wrong. But I think lawyers are taught that with the right contract, with the right rules, with the right, res- you, can, you can reduce, you can even eliminate risk. So that there's no risk. No one will ever do anything wrong. No one will ever get hurt. No one will ever be. That's not true. And and we work in environments to where we don't enjoy our work anymore. There should be joy in going to work. I often go into work and don't have a lot of joy as, as a doctor I do. As a boss, no. You know why? Because every time you look around, you're violating an EEOC rule, a Center for Medicare or Medicaid Services rule, an OSHA rule. Uh, how many? Uh, then, then there's the state bureaucracy. And all we've done is grown this giant bureaucratic state that we contribute to. And more and more of our productivity in the name of taxes is taken away. And they carve out an overhead. They take out the investment and the capital that builds the next mousetrap, that builds the next car that you want to buy, whatever. And it goes to a bureaucracy that only pounds on you, oppresses you, regulates you. And no wonder you want to take 12 weeks of work off. Because it's oppressive. You spend more time complying and managing regulation than you do the job about which you were supposed to be about. How are you supposed to build a Swiss watch as beautiful as the workings of a Swiss watch are? I love automatic movements in a Swiss watch. They're beautiful. And talk about energy savings. No batteries, no nothing. The action of your wrist, self-winding watch. Oh, beautiful. How can you build that? If you're distracted by having to report the distance between each tooth in the gear and every gear and the size of the spindle that it's on and making sure that the titanium alloy is, you see what I mean? That's, that may sound like an absurd analogy, but some of the things that you in business and you employees and you employers are commanded to report and to comply with that just make your head wrinkle. You go like, what the heck? Why? What is the purpose of that? I think I've told the story before, once in, but once before we had an inspection at the hospital and we had some records stored on shelves and they were shelves that had been there for, for know, 25 years through several other inspections. And it was a citation for which we had to make a correction and get it approved by Center for Medicare Services, yada, yada, yada. You know why? Because the shelf was 11 and a half inches from the ceiling. It had to be 12 inches or more from the ceiling. I kid you not. <laughs> I kid you not. Wow. And that's just one example out of many. Now, there are right regulations, right? That makes sense. There are good regulations. But it's gone crazy. And the regulators, you regulators out there, you'll never admit it, but I know you. Oh, many, most regulators are great. 
And you know what? If you're honest with them, you say, hey, I didn't know that. Thanks. You know, and they'll say, hey, fix it by tomorrow and it won't. You know, they're good people. They want to work with you. And I have to tell you, the, the state agency that inspects us now is run by, I won't give his name, but I love the guy. He's great. And you know why? Because he's a healthcare professional. And he respects the fact that it's a complex industry. And that's what we need. And when you run across a regulator or a bureaucrat who is there for the right reason, to make sure that the right regulations are there, and they're there to work with you to make sure that patient safety and quality and whatever your business is in, that, you know, the workplace is a safe place. In in the truly, uh, it's not a, to me, I don't want an EEOC telling me that if if I tell you, if, if I tell a lady, I love your dress today, it looks beautiful, that somehow I'm harassing her. That's poppycock. That's bull. And any ladies, if I tell you that, I'm sorry because the next the next person the, the, the next person down the street may be a guy and and he's got nice tie and I go, hey, nice threads, dude. We're all equal now, after all. We're GZ, they, them. You know what I mean? But you get to where there's too much government control of everything you do. And that is what this administration has now come to the pinnacle of. They have climbed to the top of the Mount Everest of government command and control, authoritarian, authoritarian abuse of power over your life. And it's costing you at the pump. It's meaning empty shelves. I hear that there's toilet paper and, you know, that kind of shortage is developing. I haven't seen them. Have you seen them, Max? I haven't seen I them. I absolutely have. Uh, my wife was actually just in a, uh, a store a couple, a couple of days ago and saw some bare shelves and kind of panicked okay. again because we haven't had this for 18 months. Yeah. Well, at least the leaves are falling off the trees, if you know what I mean. So just take <laughs> up a collection, you know. <laughs> Make sure you get the big maple leaves or the sycamore leaves. Those are the biggest ones. I'm just saying. Um, you never know. Are we going there? To where we won't have toilet paper for crying out loud because Joe Biden has bollocks this thing up so badly and his and and his secretary of labor is taking eight weeks of AWOL parental leave. I'm sorry, dude. Resign. Be a parent. You've got a responsibility to 330 million people. Man, I don't know. I mean, there's few things I get angry about, but shirking responsibility is one of them. And in my opinion, I'm sorry for the children of Pete and his wife, husband. What is it? I don't know what husband. I'm sorry, guys. There's been children for eons that have been raised by responsible parents one staying at home, one not. Why doesn't Pete's husband stay at home with the children and Pete work? You have a responsibility, and the country didn't get to its place, to where we are as the leader in this world, by by incessant leave. Oh man, I don't know. Maybe tell me if I'm screwed up. Three three one four nine one two one zero one nine, and that's another thought. What? Okay, so you're going to take parental leave. You should make a transparent thing. Walk into the president's office. Say, look, I am on the. I'm available to my deputy secretary, and he will be. He or she will be taking care of things, and it's all in good hands. But they'll in, be in touch with me. I'll be checking in with them once a week. Who doesn't work in this connected world? Who doesn't work when they're on vacation? All last week, I was working when I was on vacation. Take a listen to what I told Neil Cavuto on Saturday morning. Here was the end of my uh, my media blitz last weekend. 
Well, I think the spirit of the president's order is to to say that, hey, healthcare workers above all should be vaccinated. I agree with that. We were early cheerleaders. I've been a rabid cheerleader, as has my medical staff, my board, entire administration for the vaccine. It's a miracle of technology. I've been vaccinated. I've even had a booster. So has my wife. My daughter got vaccinated on my advice as an OBGYN. So it's not about the vaccine. It's about the pragmatic aspects of being able to staff a safety net hospital that on top of chronic health care workforce shortages, nursing, respiratory therapy, laboratory techs, radiology techs, further uh, had our, our ranks decimated through COVID because of the emotional and physical toll. And lately during the Delta surge, a siphoning off of staff to traveling agencies and others that have frankly deeper pockets than we do as a, as a safety net hospital. And we just want to be able to give care to people with our 64% um, vac- 62% vaccinated staff, plus many others who have had COVID and therefore have some degree of natural immunity. And on top of that, we, we take a lot of precautions and safety precautions. We want to be able to take care of people that have COVID, that have automobile accidents, that have agricultural accidents, and we're just concerned, and there is evidence in New York State that um, with people leaving because they refuse to get vaccinated, we may not be able to deliver the goods when it comes to patient care. That's our only concern. Well, and so there you go. I mean, it's it's a matter of of delivering the goods when you need to. And I was on vacation. I did that. I had fun. Yeah. Would I have rather maybe not had to do that? But no, I was asked to talk about what I think is a very important topic. So I don't know. Look, I'm sorry to get on this soapbox. Well, no, I'm not, darn it. Someone needs to say it. We've got a country in deep economic trouble, and it's time we all pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, start working Start working hard and get this country back to where we can just laugh in China's face and say, do what you will. Oh, by the way, did you hear they built a hypersonic nuclear tip missile that can under that, that that can get under our radar? Won't be long if we don't step it up and start realizing that complacency and lassitude is not the way to prosperity, success and leadership in the world. We've got to change it. And demonizing producers like Joe Biden likes to do is not helpful either. Boy, I wish I had a Kamala Harris laugh right here. That's not helpful either. Oh, my God. All right, I'm Randy Tober. When we come back, David Horowitz. You think I can get on a soapbox? Wait till you hear about David and his new book about the Black Hoax. We'll be back. Come on, freedom. Welcome back to the last segment of uh, what has been a... I think a rock and roll roller coaster ride here on the show this morning. It's great to be back with you this week. Thanks to Eric Robert and Max, of course, who's always here anchoring the show and uh, making sure that uh, the, the cats are herded. But Eric did a fabulous job while we were on vacation last week. So yes, thank you, did. Mr. Eric. Great job. Hey, I, it's always a pleasure to talk to a a guy who isn't afraid to call it the way he sees it. And there is a gentleman named David Horowitz who, of course, you know him. I mean, he's a recovering, you know, lefty radical uh, and uh, also founder of the David Horowitz Freedom Center in L.A. and author of the new book, I Can't Breathe, How a Racial Hoax is Killing America. David Horowitz, welcome to the Tobler Show. Thanks for having me, Randy. So um, I think starting with the George Floyd incident last May, May of 2020, this country has undergone a tumult like I have never witnessed in my you know, several decades. <laughs> and and I, I it, was that the stimulus for the book? I mean, clearly you you have talked you want to talk about the truth about the Black Lives Matter and the martyrs that have been labeled as such. Is that what stimulated you to write well, this book? It's more. 
it's more like the hoax that's been perpetrated. I, uh, my book, I Can't Breathe, uh, does portraits that goes into detail in 26 cases where Black Lives Matter say that blacks were singled out for their skin color and murdered. Every one of them is a lie and easily disproved. Now let's start with George Floyd. Uh, I realized that there was something radically wrong with Black Lives Matter leaders, that they were pathological liars when they said George Floyd was um, singled out because he was black by a racist. Because two of the cops who have been charged with the murder of George Floyd um, are minorities. One's Asian. The other one is black. He joined the force to reform it. How do you get a racial element out of that? And then when the this mock trial was over, I mean, if, if there was ever a lynching in America, you know, absent hanging from trees, uh, where you get the verdict first, and that's the only thing acceptable, uh, it's the George Floyd case where the President of the United States announced that he prayed every night for a guilty verdict. And Maxine Waters went into the state and demanded guilty, guilty, guilty. And vigilantes in Minnesota were threatening jurors. Uh, And of course, everybody knew there would be more riots if he wasn't found guilty. Uh, But right after that trial, uh, 60 Minutes interviewed the chief prosecutor on the case, Keith Ellison, who's the attorney general from Minnesota and used to be a Farrakhan spokesman and also a a Democrat National Committee chair. And he was asked, um, and he's an Antifa supporter too, this guy, Keith Ellison. 60 Minutes asked him, was there a racial element in the killing of George Floyd? And And his answer was, we couldn't find one. Well, if he couldn't find one, it's because it didn't exist. I mean, they couldn't find one witness when uh, this this officer, Derek Chauvin, was uh, upset or mad about something where he used a negative racial term. It was that squeaky clean. Uh, Breonna Taylor, who's Oprah's favorite victim, Oprah spent a quarter of a million dollars taking out 26 billboards, one for each year of Breonna Taylor's life. Uh, And um, they called for the indictment of the officers, obviously, for murder. Um, Breonna Taylor, and and Oprah said that Breonna Taylor, as as everybody on the left did, that Breonna Taylor was murdered in their sleep. These are all easily disproven lies. Uh, Breonna Taylor was the accomplice to a major drug dealer in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, His business was killing black people by selling them heroin and fentanyl. Um, She used her mailing address as part of his distribution apparatus. Hers was one of five houses that were raided that night. They didn't pick on her because she was black. They picked on her because she was part of his distribution apparatus. She had rented a car for him in which a dead body had showed up in the trunk. Um, she used her bank account to hide his ill-gotten gains. She was in constant touch with him. And when the cops came to her house, 
at 12.30 in the morning and announced, this is the police, open up. She and her boyfriend got out of bed and the boyfriend shot the police. When that happens, you have to picture it. It's pitch black. Somebody is, you don't know how many people are shooting at you. You don't know precisely where the shots are coming from, just the general direction. And the cops who have families they want to return home alive to have a saying. It's called pray and spray. You pray and then you spray the area uh, where the shots are coming from, hoping that you will mm-hmm. stop the person trying to kill you or the persons trying to mm-hmm. kill you before they do. That's how Breonna Taylor died. She's a criminal. And the Democratic City Council in Louisville awarded her family $12 million for her criminal behavior. And she and Oprah Winfrey made her a martyr. Uh, and, of course, George Floyd's family, here's a lifelong drug addict, an armed robber uh, who was out of his gourd on Sentinel when he was arrested. The, the, if you watch the videos, when they tried to arrest him, he couldn't follow an order for three seconds. He was screaming, I can't breathe, when nobody was touching him. Because fentanyl shuts down your lungs. That's how it kills you. And he had almost four times the lethal dose of fentanyl in his body uh, when he was arrested. He, His family got $27 million from it. 100% Democrat Party city council. Well, there was, there's one Green Party member on that city council. I, I go, as I say in this book, I can't breathe how a racial hoax is killing America through 26 cases, and they're all pretty similar. Uh, you know, the, there's an ambivalent case, Philandro Castile, for example, uh, who told the cop who stopped him for a broken taillight that he had a concealed weapon. But then the cop who was Hispanic panicked when he reached for his wallet, his ID papers, and shot him. That cop was tried for manslaughter and convicted. He cried on the witness stand. He was that sorry that he that that this had happened and he got the sentence he deserved which was manslaughter it was a tragic incident had nothing to do with race no had nothing to do with race so we, we lost billions of dollars 633 violent riots lawless riots insurrections uh thousands of people actually died both because of the riots and because of the defund police movement that came out of this, uh, these lies. Um, yeah. uh, uh, you know, and, and the looting is still going on. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the lies just, that... To me, it's, it's, the, much, it's the lies that have launched a thousand opulent lifestyles of the Black Lives Matter founders. Uh, and it's the next chapter in what started out with Jesse Jackson extorting money from large corporations and uh, the Rainbow Coalition and, exactly. and on and on. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, well, uh, That's we, the hoax. And yeah, the chief hoaxer is Joe Biden and Kamala yeah. Harris. These are the people fanning the flames of racial hatred in our country. And They're we can't tolerate House. it anymore. 
We can't tolerate it anymore, David. Hey, I got to run, but it's been a blast talking with you. And I'm so glad you exposed the truth about this in your new book, I Can't Breathe, How a Racial Hoax is Killing America by our guest, David Horowitz. Thanks for being with me, my friend. Hope you'll join us again. I will. Thanks Thanks for having me. There he is, David Horowitz. Well, we've come to the end of another program, and I didn't have a chance to talk about the apology letter from the National School Board Association National Board to its members throughout the country, apologizing to them that their letter that launched, uh, that called you domestic terrorists uh, and uh, demonized parents across the land who just want their uh, their their school boards to, to get a better control of what's going on. No, it was that it made life tough for the school board members. We didn't get a chance to talk a lot about that, but we'll be back next week to do that. Until then, remember, as I always say, revival is needed, the God of our universe is needed, and we must continue to work for the glory of this country.